was popping, was popping, was popping. Welcome to Nikki and Moose. I'm Nikki. That's Moose. What's up, Moose? What up, y'all? And welcome to episode 51. 50, oh no. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about saying less, training more, maybe. Mm. Uh, of course, a little bit of verses, right? With a little twist of, of a lesson, right? Uh, we're going to talk about building a foundation organically. And a bonus bonus lesson that um, is a bit funny. It's a bit funny, but it has mm-hmm. a serious twist to it. So, Moose, how we feel about this? I like this one. I'm not going to lie. I like this setup. This is going to be a very consistent concept comparing two generations to one another. It's like the new generation versus a little bit of the old generation, right? And uh, we're going to see which one comes out on top. Let's get into this intro. Two kids from Queens cut from a different cloth. Now, joining forces, helping you to elevate your personal brand. Yeah, I'm talking about Nikki and Moose, bringing you a never-before-seen perspective into the mindset, the mentality, the behaviors, the driving force, but more importantly, the stories behind the people and brands that you know and love the most. And you already know what time it is. It is the review of the week. This one says growth. Every episode is another level and adds so much insight that keeps me uh, with that keeps me brand and business focused. Bingo. You know what I mean? Shout Thank out you. to to the person who left <laughs> us a review and everybody who leaves us a review. Please continue to do that. You can do that on Apple Podcasts and Podchaser. And we appreciate, we read all of them. And yeah, go do that. Let me go do that. First, before we go into this, Moose, how are we feeling? What's up? Man, pretty good. Pretty good. This was a good week. Um, I was on the road a little bit. You know, doing a little more travel. Last I couple of weeks, you see, I feel like like three you weeks live in, in D.C. Are you going to get a spot? In D.C.? I might need to at some point, to be honest with you. I kind of like that city, though. I really like that city. Yeah. I mean. I see, it, I see some, some future plans developing there. Uh-oh. Yeah. Uh-oh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. D.C. I'll keep you guys posted. Yeah. D.C. Keep you guys posted. Any, any of our real estate people uh, in that area, go hit up Moose. You may get a new client. I'm <laughs> hey, just saying. For a spot? Hey, no. hey, he's going back and forth 19 million times. Yeah. Every single time I talk to him, it's like. He's getting on a plane. I'm like, yo, what? What is? Yo, right. the the silver medallion. I see what you're talking about. Right. <laughs> I was like, yo, you weren't Let's even on that go. status. You weren't Let's on that status go. last week. Yeah, I love it. I love it. it. Just so happened. I didn't know. I didn't know that's how how it worked. I was just like, oh wow, this is different. You get you pull up and you like you purchase Comfort Plus and then you get thrown up to first class. Oh. Okay. For, for those who I don't know did, what we're talking about, we're talking about used to? Delta Sky Miles, right? Uh, he's traveling so much, so his uh, miles are going up. You know what I mean? So now he's in the silver status where you mm-hmm. just get free upgrades for no reason. You just right. are there this and it's is... like, boom, first class. Like, what, what, what just happened? So um, right. shout, out, shout out to Delta. Shout out to you. Mm. you know what I mean? Because I'm part of that 
part of that status too. You know what I mean? Yeah, I really tell listen. Yeah. But, but that is one of the reasons why I appreciate status now. Like, mm-hmm. because you see the pure difference of like, if you buy regular stuff, you stay there. And maybe you even like get a middle seat. I remember when you were traveling in like basic, basic economy where you couldn't even bring absolutely. a absolutely well, a bag. I remember yeah, that. I absolutely. Like, absolutely. I might look. I'm 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 grateful for now. I remember the nights where I slept at the airport. I remember the nights of squeezing everything into one little book bag so you don't have to pay for it. Oh, I remember those very, very vividly. But it is a big difference. I think it's part of the thing that makes you want to work a little harder because you're like, yo, this becomes a standard and I want to keep it there. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, no, it's, it's for sure. For sure. I'm right there with you. Hey, I ain't. I ain't mad at it. it. The crazy thing, and of course, y'all know, I did read the Rick Ross uh, new book. Okay. But it is not a promo. But the, he says something very interesting. Okay. Maybe a slight promo, but not really. Mm-hmm. But he says something very interesting when it comes to status and watches, right? Which I thought you might like, where he was like, I, I don't wear a watch to tell time. I have an iPhone for that, right? Mm. I I wear a watch, certain types of watches, so when I'm in the room, they don't question me. Like, they Mm. know who who I am without me necessarily saying anything, right? Right. And it's because that watch brings a certain type of status. Mm -hmm. And I was like... I. that makes sense. I'm big on watches. Hey, I ain't gonna. I'm big on watches. I think watches are definitely one of those. Like, it's a it's a class symbol, and I don't mean class in terms of status. I think in just in terms of even elegance, right? Like your style. Mm-hmm. Like it's a it's a real it's a real tasteful thing. So I I personally love watches, and yeah, I'm I I there is no guarantee that I will not uh, spend a significant amount of money one day. <laughs> a really nice watch. I can't Rolex. guarantee that. So, Just saying. Uh, <laughs> Rolex. Nikki and Moose will sponsor. talk more about you. Right. right Nikki and right. Moose will talk I, more I about you. I will do the you. show like this. Like, right, right, hey, right. what's up? He, what you guys he'll say? He'll be like this this whole time. <laughs> the whole episode. <laughs> what up? What you guys say something? <laughs> what you time. doing? Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Styles yeah. P. What he talking about uh. today? We'd be like this for no reason. Oh, oh my Gosh. goodness. Man, what time is it? Yeah, just every two minutes. Huh? Our audio <laughs> listeners, please just go check the video. We're just acting dumb. Don't don't right. mind us. Don't a mind warm up. <laughs> yeah, a little warm-up. But no, seriously, I was looking at uh prices for you know, first off, Rolex is smart. Let me tell you this. Mm-hmm. Because I'm big on, I'm going to find everything online. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, COVID mm-hmm. has put me in this whole, you know what? It should be easier to find True. things instead of going to True. the store, right? Now, uh, if you go to the Rolex thing, they're like, nah, you got to go to the store. Here you go. Mm-hmm, I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I see what you're doing. And for me, that's not recommended. because. I am gullible. You're going to buy it. Right, 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 right. Yeah, I know. I'm, You're going to buy it. I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gullible. I'm absolutely gullible. <laughs> I know 
my flaws. I'm gullible. Yeah. That I'll go in and be like, let me see what this is about, right? Right. Now, granted, um, clearly sometimes the way I dress, they may not take me serious, and I'm cool with oh. that. This is mm-hmm. the re- that is the reason why I went from I was going to get a caddy, a, a caddy coupe, and why I got my Honda. Because the caddy mm. people weren't talking to me. I went in. I was mm. ready to buy. I knew exactly what car I was going to get. Ooh, 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 right? Wow. And no one talked to me. I went right across the street. I went to Honda. Got a brand new car. No problem. It was the easiest sale. Oh, I was like, yo, let me get that crazy. one. Let me get this red one. Coop. I already know what I want. They're like, you, you know? Yeah. Trust me, I'm the easiest thing you're going to deal with. So maybe I go to Rolex and they won't take me serious, but then I won't know the price either. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I won't and know the price of the one that I want. Watch store. Right. Because there's this one that's chocolate. It's like this chocolate mm. one. I've like looked at that for a few times. I'm like, hmm, that's, I like that one. But Rolex. Get Musa watch. Mm. <laughs> Anyways, let's start this this episode. Uh, first thing we're gonna talk about. So, Hussein's Bolt, Hussein Bolt, advice to Shikari Richardson: Talk less, train harder. Mm. Okay. Now. Of course, to a certain generation, that makes sense. Of course, like clearly, ma'am, you're you're talking a lot. Like, just go about your business. This is not necessarily a sport where you have to come out your mouth too often. That's that's not have been that hasn't been the narrative of when people are racing, especially in the Olympics. I brought this here because clearly in the generation that we're in, there is a whole group that has now a platform, has now an audience, and just are more verbal than before. So whereas the other racers... When they were going, when when Bolt was racing, you know, social media wasn't that big until later, right? The only way you could speak is when you won. Right. Now that's not necessarily true. You don't have to even race to say anything. Like, you could say all you want because she was making a lot of noise when she wasn't even in the Olympics. So, hmm. though this advice makes sense, and I agree with it, is it, how do I put this? Is it outdated for the new generation? Mm. 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 That's there? interesting. That's very interesting. I definitely see what you did there. Okay. So... Here, here's my thing, right? Mm-hmm. I understand 
I totally understand why Shakari Richardson, Richardson would feel how she feels, right? Absolutely. I get that. Um, you know, she kind of was exed out of the Olympics, and especially as a, being a minority female, mm -hmm. you already feel like you're up against, an, you're working up on a on an uphill battle to get where you want to go to anyway. So then to ha feel like you're being you know, targeted even more, I, I understand. But the flip side of it, when you get advice from an eight-time gold medal winner, mm. right? Mm. This, ain't, this ain't just a rookie saying, hey, Shikari, come on. Hey, just put your head down, grind up a little bit. Yeah. No, 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 no. My man got eight gold medals. Right. Right? World record holder in, I'm sure, a few different races. You, you have to listen to that. There's, there's some form of lived experience there that allowed him to achieve the level of success that he has that you got to be like, you know what? All right, I'm, I'm going to be open to receiving that. Mm -hmm. I think one of the sports that I personally have become a fan of as of late because I do see that brotherly love a lot in it is mm -hmm. basketball. Yep. Right? Rest in peace to Kobe Bryant. We saw that happen with Kobe Bryant with a lot of the athletes that he started taking under his wing and coaching. And the new generation of players were extremely receptive to the information that was being said. Mm -hmm. So I, that part of it, I do understand. Now, just to play my own devil's advocate, I understand today's athletes because they're looking at it like this is a one-shot opportunity for me to put my name in front of the world. And if I don't make it in, in, a, in a very crazy sport like that of any of those featured in the Olympics, because it's true, like we saw Michael Phelps talk about, you know, how uh, mental health and, and how challenging that sport is. I've watched documentaries that, that talk about how the Olympic sports don't pay much. Like you really don't get paid much. Like you're almost going into debt just to have an opportunity. So I understand that part. So you're probably thinking as a young athlete, oh, well, Today, I have this, and I can use my phone to establish a name for myself that I can at least make some monetary gain to stay on the platform, to stay in the hunt, to pay for training, things of that nature. But at any point, the, that becomes the main thing, meaning the phone, the, the social media world, you going out, that becomes the main thing, and it, and it becomes priority over what we know you for, I think you got to stop and say, okay, hold on, something's wrong. I agree with that. I think, I just wonder if, like, there is another way to get through, right? Yeah, it's, it's almost where the new generation doesn't have the same type of respect as the older generation did for their elders, right? So mm -hmm. I was watching an interview with, what's, what's my man's name who played Steve Urkel? What's his name? Jamel, um, Jamel White, something like that? Yeah, and, that sounds about right. Okay, whoever plays Steve Urkel, y'all know, if not Google it. So he was on uh, a podcast with... Talib Kweli, right? And he was even saying himself, he was like, I cannot subscribe to 
bashing those of who are my elders, even though this generation doesn't necessarily care because they feel like they're bringing in something completely new and doing it a whole different way. That way isn't relevant anymore. But I, even though the elders are wrong, I still don't subscribe to um, bashing them or saying anything negative in any kind of way, right? I know sometimes I even subscribe to, if it's wrong, it's wrong. I don't necessarily care of your age, right? I'm not going to mm. go in a disrespectful manner, but I'm not going to stay shut because you are older than me. I can't, I've gone back and forth with multiple people because of that. And sometimes I can also subscribe to the hardheadedness of when elders are trying to say something. Cause I'm like, we're doing it different. Right. So I can understand both kind of ways. I think the only reason why I'm cool with what Bolt said is because she didn't win. And she's right. doing a lot more talking, which is her prerogative. Like she could do whatever she wants. Her platform, she was at the Met Gala, still talking. Like this is the pro and the con of having your own platform and different other media outlets that entertain it. Right? You're you're given you're, you're given a camera to literally and a mic to say whatever you want to say, we're going to make a big deal out of it. But if you can't back it up at the end from a longevity standpoint, that's going to crush you. You may be hot at this particular moment. What you said could be very relevant and almost, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Valid based off how you feel and based off how they treated you, everything like that counting you out absolutely but if you have nothing to back it up besides your past triumphs you're not going to stay relevant too long so mm. now it's about it happened with uh adrian broner in boxing for those who watch bo boxing and if you don't know who i am oh who i am who adrian mm -hmm. broner is don't worry about right. it. I'll explain it real, real quick, right? So Adrian Broner was pretty much a duplicate of uh, Floyd Lord. Mayweather in the sense of how much uh, trash he always talks, how flamboyant as far as his lavish lifestyle he was, right? And how he was able to uh, gain success in a very quick way by picking his opponents and he became like... Uh, a champion very young in I think several weight classes. So, but no one really worthy of like saying that he really beat somebody known, right? Now, when he did finally uh fought fight somebody, he lost and he continuously lost, right? And he did too much talking and did not enough training. And it took him from, this is going to be the next Floyd Mayweather to we're not even speaking about him. So he was relevant at some point, especially for how much he talked, but that 
then went away. And that actually hurt him with making more money and things like that. It's hard for him to get a fight that anybody would really care about. So even if you're not going to listen to older people, you got to look at something that currently is happening in sports to actually more than we know of other athletes because Mm -hmm. they have that, you know what? I'm here. I'm bigger than life. I'm doing it different. I have success very quickly. I'm here. So yeah, of course they have a confidence out of this world, but there needs to be a bit of balance of how am I mastering my craft and how am I popping my collar at the same yeah. time? Cause I ain't, I ain't yeah. mad at it. Talk, talk yeah, your talk, yeah. but if you can't back it up, that's a problem. Big time, big time, big time. That's a problem. But uh, let's let's talk a little bit about verses because we made it very known what side each of us were on. Right. Um, I've gotten DMs. I've gotten DMs. Okay. <laughs> oh, y'all got to talk yeah. about this because one of y'all was wrong, right? <laughs> And oh, I try, I tr- people, I tried. I tried to say, oh, hold on. You're downplaying the catalog. This is bad, right? No, 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 no. I'm not downplaying. I'm just saying, right? Remember the clip. No, 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 no. That's not what I'm saying, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um, people, Fat Joe and Ja Rule happen, and the people say, not Fat Joe. My man's delusional. I don't know what he's thinking. But uh, Ja Rule clearly won that battle. Um, do you agree or disagree? So. <laughs> so. Right. So uh, a couple of things. A couple of things. <laughs> a couple of things. I'm laughing already that you have a, of a whole speech for this already. No, I, I definitely uh, took I notes. Came prepared. You know, that, 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 yeah, that was legit one of the battles that I watched pretty much front to back. Like I watched the entire thing and I loved it. I thought it was it was very entertaining. It was mm-hmm. super funny uh, from from the comments to just Ja and Fat Joe going at each other. Like, that was funny. Just everything. I, I really found it to be one of the more entertaining battles, you know, throughout the whole thing. So I loved it. Right. Now, did, did Ja Rule win? I think so. I think okay. so. I will oh, give that. Okay. Right? I'm, I'm going to be honest. Yeah, my yeah. face went from a smile I, to I, please I think don't. So. Please don't no, no, be delusional no, no. I, like that. I, I definitely, I definitely think so, right? Okay. I definitely think so. Um, but he, here are my takeaways, right? Because uh, I think, as many people did, they forgot the music and the hits that Ja created because of what came after and how long he's been silent for. Yes. I think, I think that, but that was that's the beauty of verses, right? Like that's not the only person that this has happened for. I felt the same way about Young Jeezy, right? When when Young Jeezy had his battle, mm-hmm. 
And, and I was like, dang, I used to love a lot of his music. And it kind of reminded me of a lot of his hits, too. And then for a while, I was listening to Jeezy after, right? Yeah. So I think that's common. But no, but nonetheless, I do think Ja won. Now, here are my takeaways, though. And, and this is on a serious note that I think, you know, anyone who, who locks into our show, you know, we always want to, we're going to laugh and joke and, and do the entertaining part. But it's always to extract the lessons. And for me, what I've noticed is, and I'll focus more on kind of like personal professional development side of it is if you think about it, those two shouldn't have battled each other. One was more Best. so on the pop R&B side. The other one was kind of more of a hit maker slash, you know, rap art. So they, they really shouldn't have battled each other. Right. But what I love, what I love, and this is a lesson for all of us, is Ja Rule was not budging on exactly what he was there to do. Oh, yeah. And, and Fat Joe was like, oh, come on, you're singing. And he's like, you know that's what I'm going to do all night. Right. Like, he didn't try to change up his game plan and say, oh, let me go because I need to do. No, he's like, I'm going to go with what I know is my best. I'm sticking to it the whole night, and I'm not budging. I'm not backing down. So I love that mentality and that approach, and I think it was a reminder, Nick's like, yo, at the end of the day, whatever you're up against, do not change your strategy or try something new when you have something that works. Mm -hmm. Like, like stay, stay in your lane, stay, stay confident in it, and just stay convicted to that. So that, to me, I thought was, was super dope. Like, I'm just watching the two back and forth, and the pressure that Fad Joe was applying, it was really like a strategic move to say, okay, I know I'm getting crushed. Let me put a little a little pressure to get him out of his bag, right. right? And trying to get him into my world where I can level the playing field a little bit. And Ja was just like, nope, I'm staying right here the whole night. So I love that. And, and it was a reminder for me, like, whenever you're in a space and you're doubting, what should I do? Go with what you know is your, is your it. That's always the, the, the big move. And then the other one, I'll just say this too real quick. The other piece is... Uh, the conviction, and that's why I laugh when you say Fat Joe is delusional, so delusional, because my man was just like, "Yo, if I'm doing it, if it's been done, it's good. Like, what, what is there else to say?" He was just absolutely convicted. And you think about how many people, how many of us, myself included, at some point struggling so much with confidence because of what they say mm -hmm. or what type of reaction you get. Fat Joe was up there like, "I'm the best. What are you talking about? Like, I'm, I'm here." And, yeah, and, and just so he confident. He legit thought he yeah, won. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I'm sure part of it was was like was was role play, but I just do believe that above all, there's a level of conviction in him as an artist. Like, yo, I'm 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 really good. I'm, right. and I think you need that to some extent, right? Like when you go over the top with it, it kind of goes into that. You know, are you talking to talk or walking the walk? But I do like that. He's confident enough that he didn't fold on stage. He didn't kind of start to say, oh, shoot. Like, you know, like when Locks Dipset went at it, Dipset was kind of like, oh, man, we got ourselves in a bad situation. They were kind of retreating, right, or, or pulling back on stage. Mm -hmm. Fat Joe at least gave us like a full, you know, he, they went the, the full rounds. Okay. Okay. I agree with you. I agree. So I think... I will repeat. I think Fat Joe's delusional, right? He, mm -hmm. till this day, still really thinks, uh, regardless of when you hear this, still till this day, he thinks he won, right? Now, uh, I'll break it down, uh, 
not super fanny just yet. I'll, I'll go there in a little bit. But I will say, clearly there was a change with this one compared to Locks and Dipset. Because it wasn't that circle versus kind of vibe like they did with Locks and Dipset in the same theater. It was the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden. They made it more as a stage than and a concert than necessarily a battle. For me, I think if we're going to transition into live events, I almost wanted consistency with how it looked the first place because that was so epic. Like we mm-hmm. remember, yo, you're going in there, it's going to be a battle. Now, clearly, I knew it wasn't going to be like a serious battle with these two, but to bring that type of branding and consistency with verses would have been really dope, but they brought it back to a stage, just like how they did in Miami in uh, what was that club club live? I think that's where they do it. So it's more, giving concert vibes than necessarily battle vibes, right? I did like, I don't know if anybody else noticed, advertisement in the behind the DJ with Charlemagne, new show. I did like that, right? That means big money if you want to be behind the DJ when they're doing their set, because now they have a set, a, a, a great, a good amount of time in the beginning before the artists come out. And so you're looking at the DJ, you're looking behind the DJ because it's a video wall. And now you get to advertise whatever you want to want to do. I did like that. I did like that a lot. Um, another thing that I saw that was important was This is where you see the clear transition from virtual to uh, in person because you could really tell who the audience was going for. And I think that actually has a big role of who we thought won because Ja Rule had the ladies on lock, which was majority of the audience, or even if it wasn't, was the loudest portion of the audience, which then when you hear it through your phone or laptop, however you watch it, your idea of who may win will sway because you're hearing the audience more than necessarily the songs. Because what Fat Joe was playing was still good, but it didn't hit to the audience as much as Ja Rule did. So this is where the experience kind of collides a little bit. So from that standpoint of the verses, that was pretty interesting because now it shows the crowd plays a huge role in these battles. It's not just the online audience you have to worry about. It's really the in-person nowadays. So that was... um that was interesting, right? And it's funny because one of my followers, when I did the live right after, um, 
was literally there. So I brought him on the next day. He was like, mm. yo, the energy was amazing. This had to be the best verses. I was like, okay, slow down, homie. Shout out to uh, Brooklyn boy. You know who you are. Um, I was like, are you saying that because you were there? Because are you, you can't intelligently, I sell this to him. Uh, you can't intelligently tell me that this was better than Locks and Dipset. You can't intelligently say that. He was like, I can't. Yeah, yeah. Can't. If you weren't at both, for sure. And he's like, I can't. I was like, you can't intelligently say that. He was like, mm -hmm. you're right. You're right. But he was like, yo, <laughs> fire. Ah, ah, ah. And I was like, so what's up with what's up with COVID? How did they do? No one cared about COVID. Ain't nobody had oh. no mask. We were loving <laughs> on each other. We were there. We were having fun. I was like, oh, yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> Now, mm -hmm. uh, to, I hate this word because of Clubhouse, but to piggyback off of the Fat Joe and Ja Rule, it stirred up another battle, which was JD calling out Diddy for the 15th million time, right? Mm -hmm. There was a post, like literally standing outside of Madison Square Garden, I believe. Like, Diddy, where you at? And Diddy responded with, your arms are too short to box with the God. Mm. Mm. All right. Now, I'm bringing this up because right before we recorded this, there was a live where it was Fat Joe, Snoop Dogg, JD, and Diddy. And Diddy... Still wasn't trying to battle with him in a legit way, but he was like, yo, we could do this right here. Like, I'm playing songs. He was playing Victory. He was playing um, Hypnotize. He was playing, uh, what else he played? All About the Benjamin. Like, he was playing songs, and JD was like, nah, sign the paper, like, to give me a date. And everybody in the live was like, yo, JD, play a song. Fat Joe was like, yo, play, play a song. Diddy was like, yo, you letting your mans do this? This is not hip hop. Hip hop. If I'm coming mm. with you song for song, you're now, you came to the block and now saying, nah, it, it, it got to be inside. That's like going to wanting to play basketball and not playing, wanting to play outdoors. You only want to play right. indoors, right? So I almost found that now he eventually played one, right? He eventually played one, which was confessions by Usher. Huge, huge one. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I almost saw that as a, yeah, that's a missed opportunity. If my man already doesn't take you serious for this battle. And he says, I want Dr. Dre. I don't want you. I want Dr. Dre. That would be better. And you're, he comes to on the live and he starts playing it. This was perfect opportunity to shut him up like this. And, and I, and I look at it not only from just like a, you know, battle standpoint, but you're asking for something and now you're being picky about how it's presented to you, how, you receive the opportunity. You're asking for opportunity. Yo, let's go. Let's do this. Let's do this. All right, let's do it. 
here. Nah. Okay, you didn't. That you asked to battle on verses. This literally could. We could create our own verses right here. We have fifty-eight thousand people who, the second they hear you play something, is about to share it to the world. Oh yeah. Why wouldn't like? And I think it's a lesson because you're seeing it as you ask for something over and over again, over and over. I need this. I need this job. I need this. I need that. And then you get it. Maybe not ideal, but you get it. And you're like, nah, I don't know about this one. I'm not a, I, I wanted it this way. No, you, you wanted the opportunity. You can't get everything you want. You now have to use, you got the door open. Now you have to kick it open and, and do what you do. Now, hmm. granted, JD may be like, I am highly decorated. I do not have to. This is, this is what it is, right? I don't necessarily need this. And this is competitive. Like, so... I can understand it, but at the same time, I'm like, Doug, you asked for the opportunity. You could, you have, you could have done two, three songs that would have shut him up that we would still want to hear in the battle when you two go, and we would still rock out the same. I don't know. That's just me. I don't know. I how, think. Yeah, think? I think. I, no, I, I think it's. Um, I actually think it's the flip side of it, Nick. I think what he's doing is. Maybe he knows he can't go against him, but he's like, well, this is a great opportunity for me to get on the platform, mm-hmm. right? I see what Versus is doing for everybody's catalog and, you know, to use Fat Joe's slogan, the price going up and all that yeah. good stuff. So he's like, well, let me call out somebody that would, would do record numbers with me, right? Who at least is on somewhat of the same conversation, but... It's strictly a business move, so I don't want to lose the opportunity mm-hmm. unless the contract is signed. So let me just keep trying to almost get under your skin where you where you want to do it just to prove me wrong, not necessarily because you think I'm going to beat you, but I still benefit. Because, I mean, we see this with everybody, right? Yeah. Who, Regardless of what happens, both catalogs get played. Or people yeah. walk away saying, man, I actually used to really love that song. And they kind of start streaming that. So I think if I had to guess, I'm looking at JD and I'm like, okay, I see what you're doing. I think it's more of a business move where you're just trying to turn enough tables that people can start to say, well, come on, Diddy, just go do it. And then you benefit off of having Diddy's, you know, that that just that your name being on the same sentence with him. So you're like, nah, I'm going to wait until, until the contract is signed. So I, I could see it, you know, from a business side where he's like, I don't want to, I don't know, I don't even want to entertain it until it's real. Nah, that, that makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, but for the listeners and the viewers, what do you think, right? Yeah. Do you think um, he should have played a song on the live or he shouldn't have? Should they battle? Or should they not? So hit us up on the social medias. Uh, social medias. I sound the crazy saying that. Right. Social media um, plurals. Or leave it in the review. Let us know. Um, 
But yeah, that bothered that bothered me. And I want I definitely wanted mm. to bring it. But uh on the topic, but off topic of verses, uh, we're gonna bring up Styles P. And this is gonna hit home for me. And I see what like I love Moose. Moose does some like low-key strategic <laughs> clips that he you know? feels that I like need to hear. It's really dope. I was like, oh. Slide under the table real quick. Right, right, right. So, spit this one out. So Styles P was on I Am Athlete. Um, really good interview. Go check that out. But there was two parts that Moose suggested, right? So he was like, yeah, go to like clip 34 minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And if like, if you see it makes <laughs> sense. Go to yeah. like 44. Go. But if it makes sense, right? Right, right, right. It was the fireest part. I was like, and it was where I was at. I think even both of us at this time of our lives. And I'm like, you're not slick. You're not slick. <laughs> and I love it. And we're going to play it on the podcast. So here you go. When you build something from the foundation up and it's from the ground up, the only time you should be bringing in other builders is for other spots when you want to expand and making sure you get your net worth off of it and they understand what y'all built and that y'all the builders and that they should be fortunate enough to come along and build this aside and along with you for the future. So, so first off, I feel like Moose intended that for me. I feel like it was like a low key (laughs) message, like, you need to Secret. do this right now. Like, I just, <laughs> you may like the interview, you may not, but listen to this particular part. Well, go, go ahead. Hey, the what choice you, is yours. What, you know what I'm saying? You got to do it like that. The choice <laughs> is yours. <laughs> yeah. So set up what, nah, well, what this d- was so about here's, Yeah, yeah. No, my favorite part about this is, you know, and, and I think... What I've noticed through experience is if the intention for you is to keep your core together, right? And I talked about like the, the, to add more context to the clip throughout, just before that, they were saying, they were saying like, how were you able to stay together for so long? It's like locks 20 years. You guys have still been together all this time. And he was saying, well, we made a pact growing up because they're also from New York but they're out of New Rochelle. Yeah. So they were one of the areas in the city or in, the, in New York, really, that was under the radar. Like radio never really showed love outside of the five main boroughs. So for them, the way to do that and not let money and other things interfere was to keep this kind of close-knit, nobody can come in. Now, what I've noticed from experience, and this is where I'm going with it, what I've noticed from experience is when you allow other people to come with you to opportunities, because at some point you start to get a level of success that everybody wants to pick your brain. Everybody wants to see if you got five minutes to sit down and chat. They want to take you out to lunch and have coffee. Like that's, that's a standard. Mm-hmm. So what I like of what he's saying here is, well, if you want to build and stay together forever, don't let the outsider come to you and say, Hey, Here's what I want to present to you. Here's what I think you should do. He's saying, nope, 
you dish out the opportunity as you expand to the people that you think are the right ones and you make it clear to them, hey, if you're going to come into the universe or if you're going to come into our ecosystem, here's what we need you to play because we're the original builders. Right. If your goal, again, is to stay tight-knit together, that's the way to do that. But of course, if you just want maximum growth or whatever, you're going to allow people to come to you with opportunities and expose gaps, but just know that they're going to come with the intention of exposing gaps in your process so that they can, that you can lean on, on them for something, right? And typically, the more people you let into your foundation, they're not going to care for what you've built with the same level of intensity that you're going to have. So that was my main reason for it, Nick. I just kind of liked how it, uh, it gave us an opportunity to break down the two levels of partnerships, right? Mm -hmm. There's one way to do it where you're dishing out opportunities. You might even say no to money. You might say no to, to more growth that mm -hmm. way. But if you're someone who's just, just really about keeping your core tight, that might be the way to do it or, mm -hmm. or take the longer way to do it. So yeah, that's uh that's I, I part like of it that, that I um, that I really thought was dope. Yeah, and I think uh I could speak for me where I'm in a sense of of building, right? And the question of who to partner with and everything like that has already came to the table. And this clip is definitely um, something that is very timely because you look at it like I've, I've seen certain situations, not mine, but certain situations where it's almost to, they built something and now it's like the person who's coming in either feels entitled or because, uh, because I'm coming in the percentage is higher, but you're the one that built it. And I think it's being very confident enough in yourself and what you're growing and what you have built that people are going to come to you and don't fold because they may have a bigger platform. They may be of, you know, higher status, whatever it may be you're the, the you're the prize you're the one that has potential to really blow things out the water and you have to be strategic and mindful with who you partner and who you sign the dotted line with because if you built it and something happens that's not the end of it you could build something again so you are more of the prize than necessarily the business or the situation or whatever. So you have to put an extra level of confidence. You have to put an extra level of dollar signs to even yourself and what you're building, regardless of who comes into the situation or who wants to partner, who wants to sponsor, whatever it may be. Because in that clip, uh, my man was like, all right, we built something. And, you know, people are coming now with their checkbook. And so what would be your advice? And that was the advice he gave. And we get very blinded with the checkbook. We get very blinded by the status. We get 
very blinded by the possible opportunities in which you got to look back and be like, hey, yo, I built this. Hey, like, I did this. Right. You coming to me. Like, what is what is it really there for? What's the situation that you were offering me? Like, your, your presence doesn't do nothing for me. You, you honestly are not going to do anything for me. You think because you're attached to me or I'm attached to you, quote unquote, that's good enough. And that's sometimes not. I've seen it in both ends where if that person that you are partnering with and you built it does not put energy towards it, it's a pointless partnership. You're doing everything on by yourself. But we get very blinded by the name. And I have gotten very blinded by the name at times, too. I'm not going to take myself out of certain things. I'm speaking off of a, a lot of experience as well. So I see what you did there, Moose. I see what you did there. Um, but this was a really good clip because it honestly opened my eyes to even certain current situations that I have and like just kind of like a slap in the face like yo hold on <laughs> wait hey hey rethink this real quick so Moose is slick Moose is slick see what he did there I see what he did um, before our last one got a funny lesson a funny lesson uh, and of course I, I should have gotten the, the sound I should have gotten the sound uh, we're going to be talking about Drake. Drake? That's the sound I should have gotten. I should have put that in the soundboard. But instead, <laughs> do the, we'll do the air horn, right? Uh-oh. Um, but let's go to the clip. He uh, FaceTimed me yesterday, and he was like, uh, Drake, uh, man, I want to tell you, man, I got, a, I, I got an RV for sale, man. And I was like, what does that have to do with, what am I? And, and I was like, <laughs> he's like, man, I'm in Shanghai, man. My friend got this RV for sale. I was like, do you have any sort of idea of what's going on back home? Like, do you know that I, like, I dropped this album and we did like <laughs> a million? And he goes, doing well he, he, goes uh, he goes, yeah, man, man, I love it, man. I love it. I, I, and I was like, oh, what's your favorite song? And he's like, Drake, man. I, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you, man. My service is not too good out here, man. But, <laughs> <laughs> that's like, I'm gonna get around to it, you know. <laughs> Drake, man. Uh. That's priceless. Crazy, crazy. First off, here's my first problem with this, right? How you say your service isn't that good, but you're on the phone. But you continue on. Right. To let them know. <laughs> right. How I'm confused by this. That's cool. Second, yeah. the real reason why I brought this was the whole fact of that, even though it was a joke, that is a real situation to where some people don't really have the true support or maybe feel disconnected from friends mm. and family. I mean, like, more. Mostly family, but definitely friends too. Maybe they're close to. Like we're only we're only child, so like our friends feel more like family than anything, right? And so it is. It's funny, but really realistic to see 
hey, I did something big. Did you notice it? Uh, no, no, but I'll get to it. Why? Because it's not a priority because they don't really understand it. And those are the people we seek the most support and like feedback from. And we don't necessarily get it all the time because they either don't understand or it's just something they don't agree with. Right. So what do you think like for those who don't have the support from their circle, the people who don't have support from like their family, right. But just someone close. How do you think, what what is maybe one or two things that can help them stay focused in that certain situation? And this is for nine to five people. Maybe you transition to a new position, a new job, whether it is entrepreneurship, you just jumped into entrepreneurship and no one in your family has ever done such a thing called the entre of a preneurship. So how Mm. do you, how do you tackle that? not feeling supported vibe. Yeah, I think if, if there, you're really left with two options, you know, I think two simple options is all you can deal with. You either become your number one fan, you become your own fan, right? And just know that you can't seek that outside validation, at least not from within, until you have something to show for it. Because typically, you know, and, and we joke around some family members or close friends they're going to be the first to make fun of you. They're going to be the first to kind of, you know, pick on you a little bit. And that feels like they're not supporting you. Mm-hmm. But really, they're just maybe waiting around to see if you're really going to do it. So you can challenge yourself and say, man, have I carried myself in a way that maybe made them feel that I'm not someone who follows through? Are they really doing that? Maybe because that's how they protect themselves from feeling like, hey, don't get too big on us and leave us alone. So I think that this is something that we should use as an opportunity to just kind of reflect and say, okay, hold up. It doesn't mean that they don't support me or what I'm doing is not going to work. It could be a variety of different things. And as long as you at least set it in your mind that you're going to be your own number one fan until it really pops, then it happens. I mean, we, we've seen it, you know, historically, you typically don't get the support in your own backyard from your own people right away. They're usually the, some of the later comers and when other people see you and they start rocking, then those, you know, near to you start coming along. So yeah, I would say, man, just become your own number one fan at first, but clearly Drake is making it work. My man still laughing it off after being artist of the decade, still running with it. So yeah, that's powerful. Yeah. I I think even for, me in the beginning stages from when I went to like uh, from corporate to what we're doing now. uh, Love my mom. Shout out to my mom. Um, But she didn't understand it. She, she asked a lot of questions. It was just like, I don't know. It was, it didn't feel truly supported because she's never seen it before. And then Mm. I think that's even also some of the main reasons why I don't fully say in detail what I do. Like my mom is like, you have a podcast, like you work with, but that's probably the only amount of stuff that she really understands and gets. And I think 
for me, that was because it didn't fully felt, feel supportive in the beginning, right? But like I said, she doesn't, she didn't understand it. So you can't expect people to support you when they don't, they've never seen it before or it's never been done in their lives in the way that you're doing it. What I do know with my mom, she's like, yo, I wish I would have followed my, what makes me happy earlier on in life. Like you showed mm -hmm. me that, like you oh, wow. didn't go with the best situation or what society says you did, what, what makes you happy. And I wish I would have done that. Right. But in the beginning, it wasn't understood. And being an only child, I'm like, hey, yo, like, who am I? Who am I supposed to really lean on with that? Right. Um, Get that from, yeah. Right. But I think once you, once you're like, you know, forget it. Let me just prove it. Let me show more action of how this is and like proof is in the pudding kind of vibe. Then she started to get it. And now mom is like the number one fan of this podcast and everything that I'm pretty much doing. She'll be at 120 uh, series in Atlanta next week. Or by the hey. time you hear this, the weekend. Right. Yeah, me. She's going to be there. So 120series.com. You can see me and Moose and all the other famous people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> see all the other famous people at 120series.com. You could probably only get the live stream by now. However, um, I, I just really wanted to bring this up quickly because it's just something people do deal with. It's the support of our circle and loved ones that is not always going to be there in everything we do. And I'm not just saying in a career standpoint, maybe from a relationship standpoint, maybe from, you know, something small, a, a hobby or whatever it is. Like I know my mom didn't want me to box uh, for mm. those who are just joining it from, I don't know, from maybe day one. Um, yes, I used to box. Don't worry about it. And I'm not, I don't do this no more. Um, but mm -hmm. my mom was not supportive of it. I didn't tell her for mm. the longest. She found out and she was so mad. Right. Wow. Um, and one of the main reasons, and, and this is why some people may not um, tell their family or whatever, because once they show how passionate they didn't want you to do it, you'll stop. One of the main reasons why I stopped was because my mom didn't like it, you know? So that was really good, by the way. Um, mm. But I could see why some people may be hesitant or really feel disconnected because it's like, ah, uh, low key, the only thing you want to do is get their approval and support. And if you don't get that, that could be messing you up in the in your head to where you couldn't stay focused on what you wanted to do. So there's like two sides, like go and prove yeah, them wrong yeah. or show them what it is or two, like you may want to stop, but then you have to question, was it that important to you? For me, boxing was right. cool, but it wasn't that important. Right. Yeah, yeah. What I do now, that's more important. You know what I mean? Important. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, we'll tell you about all this this episode in uh, the Tuesday show. Go check out the Tuesday mm-hmm. show YouTube, um, eight p.m. Eastern, seven p.m. Central. Five? Is it five? No. Five o'clock. Yeah. Five o'clock five West o'clock. Coast time. Okay. On YouTube Live. I usually say YouTube Livey. So go do that. Go follow us on all social media channels. Go leave us a review. Hello. Hello. Leave us a review, please. Please and thank you. All right. But with that, okay. Moose. Final words. Yeah, I'm going to keep it simple this week, man. Just know when in doubt, double down on what works. That's my big lesson from Versus this week. You know, just watching these guys go at it. I'm like, man, at any moment, you could feel the pressure to switch your approach and try something else because you want to satisfy the opponent. But you are where you are because of what you've decided to do and what has always worked for you. So when in doubt, don't try to do anything new. Go with what works. Double down on you.